Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. I believe we can be more sensitive to the needs of our fellow man, that we can be better neighbors to each other. Sometimes we take too much for granted and we forget to tell each other we care. I think the holidays provide a wonderful opportunity to bind friendships and to show our loved ones that they're important to us, that we're happy they're in the world. It's something we should do more often. And the spirit of Christmas is a joyous reminder of our responsibilities as people. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Johnny Mathis song. We're going to let it play. I want you to find the racist part because it's now racist, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter what he said at the start. He's an absolute racist. Here it is, folks. Listen up. This is Hour 1 on Liberty Roundtable Live, December 23rd, 2022. When a child is born A silent wish Sails the seven seas The winds of change Whisper in the trees And the walls of doubt Crumble, tossed and torn This comes to pass When a child is born A rosy hue Settles all around You've got the feel You're on solid ground For a spell or two No one seems forlorn This comes to pass All right, here's the racist part, ladies and gentlemen. And all of this happens because the world is waiting, waiting for one child. Black, white, yellow, no one knows. But a child that will grow up and turn tears to laughter, hate to love, war to peace, and everyone to everyone's neighbor, and misery and suffering be words to be forgotten forever. It's all a dream and illusion now. It must come true sometime soon, somehow. All across the land, dawns a brand new morn. This comes Pass when a child is born. 
right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. We are live on December 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property to promote God, family, and country on your radio. And a big shout out, Merry Christmas to all of you. It is a faith-filled, freedom-loving, fantastic Friday. And that song, in my humble opinion, written over 50 years ago, highlights faith in the birth of the Savior Jesus Christ and the time when they believed in Christ, hope was in Christ, and they waited for the birth of the prophesied Savior of the world. Now, because he said he didn't know what color the Savior was, he's now a racist. Absolutely. UK radio stations now saying we can't play that song anymore. It is absolutely racist. Throw it out. With me to break this down, Dr. Scott Bradley, welcome to the broadcast, sir, and a Merry Christmas to you and your family. Well, thank you, and also to yourself and all that would be listening. Um, you know, it's interesting to me that uh, Johnny Mathis, uh, probably one of the most mellow, talented, uh, a broad spectrum of uh, musical talent. Um, I mean, he, he went all across all sorts of different uh, uh, genres of music, I guess you'd call them. You're you're much more of a musical guy than I am, but uh, maybe I'm saying it all wrong, but extremely talented. It's interesting that uh, he is black, and uh, it is also interesting that um, he's had, oh, since the early 1980s, some uh, issues that he indicated he had, you know, he was gay. And there was some blowback on that. So he was born in the mid-1930s, and he talks about that being, you know, kind of a generational thing, and it was something that kind of didn't come out of the closet, if you will. But on a number of occasions, he has uh, been more you know, kind of willing to discuss it. But at any rate, it's interesting. Here's a black guy, extremely talented black guy, and and you know, you, you hear his voice. I mean, it is. I mean, he's a ro romantic singer. He's a guy that sings Christmas songs. He's a guy that sings different uh, uh, national kind of uh, programs, Brazilian, whatever. I mean, he's he's just an incredibly talented voice, and and he he seems like a genuinely good guy. Uh, he's he's still alive, by the way, I think, and and um, and seems to be out and about still and everything. I don't know, is he still performing? But uh, I just, the woke crowd says we are going to gut everything that does not hit us just right. And uh, yeah, now here's the problem in my mind, Dr. Bradley. This is a direct attack on Jesus and the belief in Jesus. Now, here's what I find fascinating. I told you they're coming for the Christians. I've said this for literally 25 years. This is not about black, white. This is not about yellow, you know, white, black people. This is not about any of those things. It's not about gay, lesbian. It's not about transgender. It's, it's about divide and conquer, destroy the country, replace Jesus with a godless, secular, or humanist view. That's what this is about. And let me tell you the reason that I say this. This guy is a black guy, so you can't get him on that. He's not white. This guy is gay, right? So you can't yep. get him on that. The only thing you can get him on now is that he dared to point out the central mission of the Savior Jesus Christ 
and the miracle of and the gratitude for his birth, the humble faith in Christ looking forward to him coming to change the world for the better, and that is what he's being attacked for now. You can't get him on any other box, right? Uh, he didn't live a great moral life necessarily per se. He isn't white. He, the only issue here is you can't point to Christianity. If you do, you will be relentlessly attacked. How is this black gay guy a racist? Well, he didn't know what color Jesus was. He brought up Jesus. Uh, therefore, hey, what is he, an Uncle Tom? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just telling you, the focus here is to destroy any faith in Christ. They cannot have faith-filled people who believe in Christ and continue with their tyrannical agenda. We stand in their way, sir. And you know what? I'm not for his gayness. That's something I, don't, I disagree with. Uh, I'll be nice to him and kind to him, but I don't have to agree. I can be, this is another lie they tell. I don't have to agree. I can disagree and say I think he's morally wrong. But I can also say he's a very talented gentleman, just like you did. I can say I don't care if he's white or black. That's irrelevant to me. He's a son of God. And he points to Christ. And good for him for doing it. But no, relentlessly attacked on the altar of you've got to destroy faith in and belief in Jesus Christ to create tyranny. Doctor? Well, you know, getting to the religion thing, he's a, a convert to Catholicism, I believe. And um, and so he professes a religion. And, and uh, well, I guess we can't have that if you're going to be in society today. And so that gets to your point about what's uh, what they're trying to demean. I think part of the thing that he was hitting on this here was it doesn't matter what color anybody was. I mean, I, I know, I mean, I'll bet you 60% of the world believes Christ was black. I mean, I don't know if the number is that high, 40%. I don't know what the number is. I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there that, that would say, no, he's he's different color than a lot of you people that are, you know, kind of white bread people <laughs> think he is. But the fact of the matter is he's the son of God that linked us together in a, in a humanity that, um, that brought us to a condition that we could return to our Father in heaven. Uh, that's, that's what Christ did. I mean, that was his mission. He, he provided a path of salvation for all of us. And, um, and, and this statement of, of what color he was doesn't matter because, I mean, well, it shouldn't matter because everybody, everybody is caught in his net, if you will. You know, if he, you know, he, like he talked of, to Peter about making him fishers of men, a fisher of men. And uh, the Savior is the ultimate fisher of men because he gathers us all together. And uh, now somebody's going to say, well, you're a misogynist or something because you said men. Okay, so mankind, whatever. But there Humankind, oh, I mean, uh, boy, they get so sensitive about this. But no, it is a destructive thing, what they're doing. And It is disaster. Now a church in the U.K. decides they're going to change the lyrics to Christmas carols. We're going to talk about that. And then we've got Black Santa to discuss on your radio with Dr. Scott Bradley. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. 
America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio with Dr. Scott Bradley talking about racism and abuse. So the Johnny Mathis song now is racist because they didn't really know what color Jesus was. But the point was it doesn't matter. Everybody awaits his birth worldwide because the betterment of the world uh, when he comes that was prophesied and was a dream, a hope, a faith-filled idea until it came to pass was his point, which is what a blessing, what a you know what? It's real. And wow, what a what a testimony uh, in that. He was gay. He was black. I don't know what they're attacking him for, except his belief in Christ. Now, a church wants to double down and promote the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender agenda, Dr. Bradley. Well, yeah, this story out of England again, God rest ye merry gentlemen. You might have even heard it. <laughs> God rest you, queer and questioning, your anxious hearts be still. I mean, it is it is so astounding. I mean, I, I don't know um, how how this whole world could be flipped so quickly. Um, and I think that, you know, the last two and a half years, like I say so often, there's so much brain damage because of the oxygen deprivation that face diapers caused that perhaps have facilitated this, this idea of everything coming out of the woodwork that tr that basically tears down all traditional values. I mean, you look what we're doing with, with everything. Uh, let's take uh, heroes, I mean, that have existed. There's statues and remembrances, names of schools and streets and everything else like that. And it was about 22 years ago that the Taliban, oh, they... they brought on the ire of the entire world by blowing up some statues of Buddha that were, you know, 
probably a thousand and a half years ago, years old. And uh, these, you know, religious statues that were of great antiquity, and they blew them up because in the mind of the Taliban, they were idols, you know, and, and, and the whole world was upset about that. Now the world is cheering as statues of Robert E. Lee or Abraham Lincoln or whomever get torn down. And it is just destroying every single traditional value the world has. And this, this little thing in, in the church in England is, a, is an example of how widespread it's become. God rest you queer and questioning. Your anxious hearts be still. Believe that you're deeply known and part of God's good will. For all to live as one in peace, the global dream to fulfill. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. That's the now, Doctor Bradley. Let me just with. let me just express this. I think this is absolutely satanic. And the reason that I do is it's got a lot of truth in it, Doctor. You know what? We are all God's children. We should be kind and loving and neighborly, as Johnny Mathis said to those around us. We should be gentle and patient and realize they're God's children, regardless of race, religion. Uh, choices, which some would call sexual preferences or whatever you want to call them. Some would say they're born that way. I don't want to debate that. I'm just telling you, whatever you want to call it, we should be kind and respectful and decent uh, to everyone. We should be the good Samaritan, if you will. We should be disciples and follow Christ. But here's where the lie of Satan comes in. Most people are deceived into believing that means that I need to keep my mouth shut or that means I need to go along. Or that means that I can't have my beliefs or somehow I'm the bad guy, the evil guy in the room. And my response is no. I can believe that your choices are immoral. I can accept that you believe that you are born that way and you don't have a choice and that I'm wrong. I can accept all those things. I can acknowledge all those things because you have your agency as well. And I can be kind to you still. But what you can't do, what you will not be allowed to do, what I will never cave on is I have my agency also. And I believe that the gay lifestyle, the bisexual, transgender, questioning, all these different things, I believe that lifestyle is immoral and against God's laws. Secondly, I believe uh, that even though I can be kind and gentle to you and respectful and decent and civil, that does not mean that I need to jettison my beliefs that Christ will come. And that he is the savior of the world. And I can double down on those two facts and still not be a racist, still not be a hater, still not be a misogynist or whatever you want to call me. I can be a decent, honest, God-fearing human being and I can cling to my beliefs. And in fact, I betray you if I betray my beliefs. So I politely, with civility, but with integrity and boldness and humility, if all that's possible together, uh, do my very best. To treat others as I would want to be treated, but hold on to the beliefs that I have, the God-ordained fundamental realities that he has set forth. And I uh, will not back down, Dr. Bradley. I will stand up politely and kindly, but I will not back down and I will not put my uh, faith, my trust in God, and my willingness to not only do my best to keep his commandments, but encourage others to do so. I will not put that on the back burner, privately or publicly. I will not do it. I will stand up nobly, boldly, independently, and I will do so to the very best of my ability with the kindness that others deserve, 
I will do my best to provide grace for those around me as I want grace given to me. And I will leave the justice and the mercy uh, of this whole thing up to my Savior, Jesus Christ. That's where I stand. And whether it be, you know, the gay and lesbian issue or attacking Christ or whatever else. The lie is when Satan says, I don't have the right to do that or somehow I'm the bad guy in a room. Or somehow I, I should be discounted. I should be the persecuted. Dr. Bradley. You know, Alexander Pope had a lot of very wise quotes that are left to us. Uh, one of which that comes to mind is, Vice is a monster so fright of, of so frightful mean, as to be hated needs but to be seen. Yet seen too oft, familiar with her face, we first endure, then pity, then embrace. What I have seen, whether it's on television or in churches, I mean, whether it's in uh, political, uh, you know, kind of rallies, whatever you want to call them, is is that we have become so tolerant. We we have, the word tolerant keeps keep throwing out, and and what's happening under the guise of toleration is becoming a full embracing of of stuff that really truly will destroy the world. Religions have become so tolerant that they've become embraceive of of this uh, perversion, literally, of God's eternal plan, and and we just need everybody to feel good about everything like that. And <clears throat> in so doing, uh, we can't even talk about it. It has to be their way. I mean, if you're watching any commercials nowadays, you see uh, people of same sex snuggling on TV. Um, you know, there are advertisements that have, I mean, I just cannot believe what's happened in the last two and a half years. But <clears throat> to be hated needs but to be seen, yet seen too oft, familiar with her face, we endure, pity, embrace. And, um, and I think we're right now in the middle of society that's embracing things that will take us from a path that even allows society to exist. I mean, you think about uh, the requirement of, uh, you know, being able to bring children into the world ultimately that provide an opportunity for them to experience this mortal existence and um, kind of demonstrate their character, if you will, uh, be able to partake of the Savior's love and grace and, and redeeming lo uh, uh, mission to return to a heavenly presence um, if this becomes so widespread, it's it's just going to be kind of set aside. Uh, children no longer, I mean, think about it. Children are a gift from God, and yet, oh, no, I can't have them in my life. That's the whole basis of abortion. It's the wrong time. Everything is counterproductive to God's plan, and whether it's abortion, whether it's war, whether it's same-sex anything, and tragically, we're embracing it now, and churches have become very much at the core of this. Oh, if you love Jesus, you'll love these people. Well, I can hear what you're saying, but if you embrace that belief and lifestyle and everything like that, holy cow, I I just, <clears throat> I had some grand, I, I have some granddaughters, beautiful girls that are intelligent and, and wonderful and amazing in every way, uh, but last summer they were dealing with some uh, they were in a, a town where they worked, a resort area kind of thing. 
it was a gathering place for a lot of young people that came there to to work for the summer and and they met what they felt like were pretty good guys and the one evening they were talking and it just astonished me uh the boys were saying oh yeah this is this is kind of what happens we we you know now kiss boys we're not gay but we kiss boys and it's like are you kidding and the granddaughters were talking yeah one guy said he'd kiss 60 something boys and it's like i said steer clear baby these they're on a thin ice and they're embracing something that ultimately will be destructive we are praying for god family and country and this is liberty roundtable live pursuing liberty using the constitution as our guide you're listening to liberty news radio usa news i'm lance pry Senators passed a $1.65 trillion spending bill filled with massive amounts of pork just ahead of Christmas holiday and speeding through more than a dozen amendments. The bill was approved 68-29. The legislation will now go to the House where it is expected to pass or the government will partially shut down at midnight. FTX founder and disgraced CEO Sam Bankman-Fried was extradited to the United States. This after Sam Bankman-Fried, founder and former CEO of FTX, arrived in New York after agreeing to be extradited from the Bahamas. The judge on Thursday ordered strict supervision for Bankman-Fried, adding he must remain at his parents' home in California. I'm Dave Collins. Microsoft and Activision formally pressed the U.S. government to okay its acquisition of Activision Blizzard a very large move in the gaming industry. Both companies made their cases in submissions to the Federal Trade Commission, saying that the $69 billion bid for Activision would not hurt competition. Ten gamers in San Francisco Federal Court filed a complaint this week saying, yes, it would hurt competition. North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the waters off its eastern coast Friday. U.S. and South Korean war games had just concluded joint drills that North Korea views as an invasion rehearsal. North Korea has conducted an unprecedented number of missile tests this year in violation of U.N. rules. U.S. officials are accusing North Korea of selling missiles to mercenaries in Russia for use in Ukraine, a claim denied by North Korea. Dr. Ben Carson on Fox News responds to the Detroit, Michigan school board removing his name from his school presumably because he's a Republican. How does it do any good for us to demonize people with whom we disagree? Merry Christmas, my friend. Lance Pry, USA News. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give perfectly aged, tender, delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have curated special gift packages to take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use code TREAT at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra Juicy burgers, even easy-to-prepare, ready-in-a-flash comfort meals. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, get 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live. Dr. Scott Bradley's with me. Thank heavens he is. Great educational talk radio at your fingertips. Now, I want to dovetail this. You know, radio stations in the U.K. cutting racist line. U.K. church changes Christmas carol lyrics to the next story. Um, men who dress up as black Santa Claus spread joy, diversity, and inclusion for the holidays. That's USA Today. Now, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, men who dress up as black Santa Claus. Now, let me be very clear. I don't know what they're talking about because if white people dress up as a black Santa, then they get guilty of blackface, right? I don't know. That, that's super racist, don't you know? Now, you know, when I was a kid, dressing up like a black basketball player was cool for Halloween or something like that. Nowadays, it's supposedly, uh, you know, whites should never, ever <clears throat> do that. How dare you? Nevertheless, I find that interesting. So men that dress up as black Santa Claus, I assume they mean only black men, but they don't say that. But nevertheless, um, they say that the black Santa, you know, brings this inclusion, this diversity, joy, diversity. Okay, now, what if a white Santa dresses up as a white Santa? Because you don't want a white Santa dressing up like a black Santa. Can a white Santa dress up as a white Santa and bring joy and, and, and togetherness and all these different things? Dr. Bradley. I don't know, Sam. You got me really confused now. Um, I remember one talk you gave up in, I think it was Coeur d'Alene one time when I was also speaking, and and uh, you talked about uh, not knowing a color of one person from another. That is and, right, sir. Uh, one of our really good not friends. Not only do I not know, but I don't care either, just so you know. Yeah, that's right. But I was there in the back of the room, and one of my really, our, one of our, uh, you know, Really good friends. He's really good friends to you, too. Probably one of the blackest men I've ever met. He just about killed over laughing. He thought it was so funny. I mean, he had, it was like, what? How irrelevant is color? It really is. I mean, in terms of uh, skin color and stuff like that. I mean, it's wonderful to have a variegation of colors in the sky or in the snow or in the trees or whatever. But, but this And in of, God's uh, children, his greatest creation. Absolutely. May I uh, add to that and say, right? Absolutely. There's no question about it. So so I guess I don't quite understand where we're getting to this thing. I mean, it's it's a strange kind of well, thing. Well, let me tell you the deal. So all, I don't Santa know if they want fantasy. me to I don't know if they want me to dress up as a black Santa to do good and spread cheer. I mean, I'm white. I wouldn't want to dress up as a black Santa because it would go all wrong fast. But if I dressed up as a white Santa, might I not be able to have the impact that as if I could be a black Santa could be? Um, so you're right. But I, I, I don't understand this. And I don't know where we're going with this except for fomenting the divide. Santa, as you mentioned, and, and I, you know, li- listening, children in the audience, cover your ears or whatever. Santa is not only a fantasy. It, you could say on one side of the coin it's a lie. Right? Well, yeah. I, 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 you know, and, and I, I don't want to get too far afield. I remember one time I was sitting in my living room reading. My, my oldest daughter was five years old. And it was around Christmas time, just before Christmas, and, and she came up and kind of crawled up in my lap and sat on my lap, and she says, Dad, I know you'll never lie to me. I mean, talk about a setup, you know. Oh, Here's a five-year-old. <laughs> she says, I know you'll never lie to me. I says, you're right. I'll never lie to you. And she said, is Santa real? 
And so I, I went through a, a long this description about how excited <laughs> little kids get, you know, about the the uh, festivities of, of Christmas and and the idea. And I think I might have even used the word fantasy. And I don't know if a five-year-old even knew what a fantasy was, but but I talked to her about how moms and dads want their little kids to be happy. And moms and dads, you know, really, really want the best for their little kids. And so when gifts come, moms and dads have arranged those kind of things. And all this. I mean, I was soft and gentle about it and everything like that. But when she got done, I think she understood the truth. And and she got off my lap and skipped out of the room. And I thought, whoa, well, okay. Anyway, she believed in Santa Claus every bit as much as she did the moment she climbed into my lap. And I think she still does. She's a mother that will probably not too far from now be a grandmother. She's got six kids of her own. And and I think she still believes in Santa. But the fact of the matter is, it's a fun thing for little kids. But you know what? We have become so destructive of everything. Childhood. Let children live their childhood lives. Let don't sexualize them. Don't make them grow up too soon. L- allow them to enjoy the uh, discovering the world as as you did as a child, as I did as a child. I mean, it's one of those things that I just, I don't get it. I mean, this story about black Santas and white Santas and who does what and where and why and why you can't do this or that, I mean, it just eludes me. Yeah, so let me, let me throw this out now then. So on one hand, you could say, hey, it's a lie. On the other hand, you could say it's a fantasy, and the Santa Claus figure is a way to highlight St. Nick or other saints who try to follow Christ in their lives and do good all the day long. So parents and loved ones can be Santa Claus, uh, etc. and Santa Claus is this idea, look, you know, he wears red, so does the Savior. Now, no one's trying to say Santa replaces the Savior. What we're saying is it points us to Christ is the idea. And so those are two sides of the coin. One says, hey, it's a lie. It's a myth. It's a, the other side says, wait a minute, it's a children's fantasy. And it really points our hearts and minds towards <coughs> Christ, that there is a true gift giver. And he's real. And it's Jesus Christ. And St. Nick and Santa, this idea, says saints should emulate Christ and become Santas as they try to mirror his image in their countenance. Okay, so the reason that I bring this up is here's what I would say. Are you ready? (laughs) Anybody who plays the Santa role in the life of another is bringing, listen, togetherness, kindness, cheer, prosperity, stability, joy, diversity, inclusion. And if I'm white, I'm going to dress up as a white Santa Claus if I'm playing Santa Claus. You want to know why? Because I'm white. And I think black people should dress up as black Santas, just so you know. And I think Asian people should dress up as Asian Santas and so on. You get the picture. Uh, And I don't think it matters much whether there's a Santa Claus that I see at the store or whatever it is. Um, You know, we've got to avoid the commercialism of Christmas to some degree, too, and really point to Christ. But I don't care if it's a black Santa, a white Santa, an Asian Santa. In fact, I don't even know what color Santa is. And I don't know that I know what color Jesus Christ was either. My guess is he had an olive complexion. I don't think he had white as skin as I do. Uh, but, but again, I'm not here to judge all that. I'm just here to say, can't we for one day, even the troops, Dr. Bradley, back in the day we hear stories of the troops on Christmas Eve setting down their weapons and 
someone starts a Christmas carol, and then on the other side of the line, or whatever you want to say, uh, the other side, they start joining in the Christmas carol. Can't we lay it down for a second, sir, and just be grateful for each other and the good we can do in each other's lives for crying out loud? Can't we just do that, please, doctor? You know, it's it's like I say, there's a grind all the time that people are trying to create a division. And we've talked about this probably so many times on your program that people think it's just a broken record. But it is Marxist in its origins, divide and conquer, the conflict-based things that are brought forth, every single stinking thing that happens, men against women, black against white, uh, socioeconomic class against social, religion against religion. I mean, every single thing that you think about, region against region, it's just, and it's kind of been that way, but it has been put on steroids in in recent years, and particularly, I think, in the last two and a half years, as we've talked about. There's just, I think that the evil one knows that his days are numbered, and he's got to stir the pot, make as much acrimony, hatred, destruction, death, I mean, tear society down that possibly can be done. His days are numbered. And uh, and I think that it's it's just on steroids right now. And, and I just find it absolutely amazing to me. You know, a little, a little peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I mean, I look at Isaiah 9, 6, you know, the descriptor that uh, Isaiah saw speaking messianically. You know, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. The angelic uh, host singing in Luke 2, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I mean, those kind of things. You mentioned uh, laying down their arms and so on. Uh, you know, I'm probably referring to the 1914 Christmas event in the trenches of World War I. One of the most asinine wars that ever occurred in all of history. Of course, virtually all of them are unjust and wicked. Uh, there are good people that have to push back at times when wicked people try to prevail. But but the guys in the trenches, you know, they put down their arms, joined each other singing Christmas carols, and then they went back to killing each other after it. What an absurd thing. Absolutely absurd. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Quick pause. I think black Santa or black people ought to dress up and be black Santas. And white people ought to be white Santas. And we all ought to follow Jesus Christ. That's my two cents on Liberty Roundtable Live. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. 
Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So whether you believe Santa's a fantasy or real or whatever, you, you know, it's really a debate about what you believe, you know, you can go along with it. Everybody has their kind of lines. You know, how do you keep the Sabbath day holy? Some people say not to shop on Sunday. Other people think that's not really a big deal. Hey, I could still love Christ and shop. Come on, buying food for my family doesn't equate to betraying the Sabbath. The Lord knows we need to eat food, you know. So what I mean is you can go down the line and debate all these things till the cows come home my whole point was they're even using santa to divide us now uh, and i'm just merely saying that we're all god's children and we all should do good for one another and if somebody chooses to put on a santa suit to try to do that good i recognize the good they do even though i may not agree with their methodologies right uh you know what government is by force this is by choice though there's a big difference when government does something by force it's a whole lot more egregious than when someone decides that they believe in santa and that they want to you know, promote Santa or whatever else, and somebody else believes differently. That's not by force. That's by agency, by choice. So there's a lot of what's interesting about these kind of discussions, Dr. Bradley, is they've sure found ways to divide us. Even people who agree on almost everything end up being divided about Santa Claus or whether you should have him or not, or whether you should be black or white or whatever. You know, I, look, I think Santa Claus um, can be anybody, anywhere, anytime. Uh, could Santa Claus be the Good Samaritan? dressed up in a red suit and etc. cetera. Uh, you know, how real or fake is Santa in the first place? These debates can go on forever. What I try to choose is the unification around this and say, look, let's all run around uh, and do random acts of kindness. Let's all run around and behave as the Savior would, not only for Christmas, but all the time, Dr. Bradley. We got far too many, uh, excuse me, we got too, far too few good Samaritans in the world today. And uh, I, I, I really do believe what it really comes down to. Uh, one of the real central themes of Christ's message, I think, was take care of each other. And, um, you know, I, I just, he, he, he talked about how, you know, the Samaritan, which, you know, the acrimony between Jew and Samaritan at Christ's time was, was pretty definitive. And there's a lot of Middle Eastern stuff like that going on here, on, on too today. But, I I guess uh, one of the messages I take from his is it's central to our humanity if we're going to be a follower of our Savior is to, uh, you know, that peace on earth, uh, love our fellow man, be un, 
bending in our devotion to goodness? I mean, I don't know. I think we can do a lot of good without throwing rocks at each other, and I think there's a lot of rock throwing that goes on in the world today that we really don't need. So I don't know. I think we... Uh, and that I, is I my quintessential point, better. Doctor. I could do better. I mean, I really could, and I, I hope to. But uh, Amen. Same same here. And I, I don't even want to debate the black Santa. Look, I think if you're black, you should, if you and you want to be a Santa or whatever, a good Samaritan, and you choose to kind of be Santa to do it or to play the role of Santa, I want you to do it while being black, Dr. Bradley. Is that okay? <laughs> well, yeah, if whatever role you play, I mean. Be if you're white, I want you to, to commit Santa acts while being white. Can you imagine doing that? <laughs> yeah. yeah See, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. What are we even fighting about? What are we even, why would you in the USA Today write this article that, you know what, people dressing up as black Santa, they're doing a lot of good. I don't disagree with the point. But in the very point being made is this intentional divide narrative, desire, focus, and the wordsmithing backs that up in ways that are very harmful. Folks, listen to me. Whatever color you are, <clears throat> as Johnny Mathis said, go out and do good today. If you believe you should dress up or act like Santa or play the role of Santa and you're okay with that, do it. If you believe you should be an anonymous good Samaritan, do it. If you believe that you should be known but do your kind acts, you know, drop off, uh, you know, a, a gift or a, a love offering to your neighbors and say, hi, we love you. How you doing? Uh, you know, spend time ministering to others around you. However you choose to do it, I would encourage you to do it. And I would not try to find fault lines in that. I would try to find um, civility and unification in that, doctor. See how There's evil a, I am on the radio? I know, bad guy. There's an old aphorism, a Scottish aphorism, I believe it is. Aye, my and, friend. Well, yeah, hi, laddie. Anyway, and it is whatever thou art, act well thy part. So Amen. whatever you are, do a good job, uh, act your part well, and and all of us are are children of God. And I guess that ultimately says, well, there's a <laughs> there's something we ought to seek after, as poorly as we emulate it. But uh, I've always kind of liked that Scottish aphorism: "Whatever thou art, act well thy part." And I think there'd be a lot more goodness in the world today if we all acted our part more appropriately. Instead that's our of, prayer. That's our hope. That's our vision. That's partly what Liberty Roundtable Live is all about. Um, you know, Twitter has been exposed big time, Dr. Bradley. And uh, I'm kind of wondering, you know, what do you think is going to be done about it? Anything? Twitter? Yeah, I mean, we found out about all these Twitter scandals and everything, FBI and Justice Department and <clears throat> all these things. Do you think that anything is going to happen? Are you kidding I mean, does anything ever come out of these things? I mean, th th think for a minute. Uh, all of the, I mean, uh, the Hunter Biden thing. I mean, Hunter Biden will be long dead and gone before anybody gets to the bottom of that stuff. The 9-11 tragedy, the uh, the Gulf of Tonkin thing, the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> I mean, you, you pick anything you want. Yeah. And, and it's based upon a falsehood. I mean, anything officially stated in a, news conference you can pretty well bet they were lying if it's an official position and and so uh, you know i i mean i don't know what specifically you're looking at but i i think that uh, there'll be a lot of rattling around the cage and 
And a lot of people get agitated. They'll probably do fundraising on it and want me to send my money in to have this They'll or that. They'll hold some happen. hearings or have some kind of an investigations at great expense. Well, you you read, or maybe you didn't read, but you heard about the um, uh, findings of the January 6th committee and about how the, uh, Trump ought to be, uh, you know, brought in charges and never, ever, ever be able to hold office again. Well, maybe it, probably he'll never hold office again regardless of how that goes. But the fact of the matter is there's always somebody wrangling. And, and what, what gets me is there's always somebody in the wings hyperventilating about something. And, and if you've ever seen someone hyperventilate, it's not a pretty sight. I remember one kid I was in the service with that uh, thought he'd lost the use of his legs. And, boy, when he hyperventilated, each, everything just imploded on him. And I think there's a, a great effort today to get us all hyperventilating and uh, distracted and diverted and throwing mud against the wall and scraping it off, and everybody's taking their eye off the ball while they're doing it. I mean, Amen to that. Yes, yesterday we had on former Steve King, or I should say former Congressman Steve King. After years of serving in Congress as a conservative leader, he was targeted by a well-orchestrated hit from the left media and the Republican establishment. What was his crime? saying that Western civilization is being destroyed. SteveKing.com is his website. He wrote a book called Walking Through the Fire. Um, my heart, my, I'm sorry. Walking Through the Fire, my fight for the heart and soul of America. Steve King tells his side of the story in, some, in summation. Uh, the forwards by Michelle Malkin, who says, Never before in my 30-plus years as a journalist and proud American have the forces of evil been so converged to sabotage our freedoms, she says. But uh, Steve King says it's political treason by the Republican hierarchy, uh, that the lying, mendacious duplicity of Kevin McCarthy's lying and dishonesty Media defamation, libel, slander. Western civilization is a superior civilization. And, hey, they did the political, political assassination on him, the hit, to take him out because he backed Donald Trump. He still backs Trump today. Uh, I don't know that I back Trump necessarily, but I understand. Look, this is crazy. This was a political hit. Election fraud was committed in the process. Uh, any thoughts on that, Dr. Bradley? Well, you know, I, I I really do believe that uh, you know Christian-based civilization really has has brought a lot to the world, and but uh, with without trying to diverge from what your point you're making, there's a marvelous book, and I, I'm going by memory, and it was a long time since I've looked at the uh, published date on it, but I think 1948 was the year that uh, the main spring of hu of human progress was published. Uh, Henry Grady Weaver was the author. He compiled much of it from some other writings, and we could talk about the origins of some of those things. But, but uh, he he brings out a, a group of people he calls the Saracens, and, and they're basically the Muslim uh, heritage people from the Middle East. And he talks about some magnificent things that they lived under. I don't think they invented it. I think they lived under it as a people. Uh, many, many decades and even centuries ago. And it had to do, the mainspring of human progress is freedom to choose. Okay, this agency thing. 
And and he talked about how the Saracens, in their culture, uh, how they handle obtaining a career or whatever for that matter. And it's an, an arrangement and agreement that individuals get together and provide training and learning and all that kind of stuff. And so other, I guess where I'm going with this without going into too much depth, read the book. The book is worth reading, The Mainspring of Human Progress, Henry Grady Weaver. Um, and it does talk about a different culture than what you'd call Western culture, but there was some value. And it, they're shared cultures, and that's the thing. If something has a true principles-based um, solution or offering to humanity, well, it doesn't matter where it came from. It, what matters is that we apply it appropriately so we can absolutely uh, progress and succeed and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, so, uh, you know, most people have never heard of the Saracens, but, but that's one of the cultures that he talks about in, in the book. It's a little tiny book you can read in one sitting. I'm pretty confident. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Western culture, absolutely. It, it brings so much. But you know what comes out of a lot of Western culture right now? Debauchery. I mean, you look, for example, about the family orientation in some Muslim countries. I know, I know, I know child marriages, and I know, I know, I know this idea of repressing women and covering them up with veils and shawls and whatever. I know all about that stuff. But to tell you the truth, what we have done in so many of our cultures, I mean, you look at what happens in San Francisco, for crying out loud. I mean, the drag queens that are uh, that are prominent. I mean, even at BYU, holy cow, uh, in uh, this mainstream Utah culture, for crying out loud. There's so many things that are coming out of the woodwork, and out of the closet, I guess we could say, that it's destructive of the good things. And whether, whatever culture the good comes out of, we ought to embrace that good and go with it. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. We need to wor really work on our civility. I basically created a website for this to highlight the point. Callforcivility.com uh, is the website. We really have got to work on ways to do good for one another, to heal the divides that they're pushing for at every turn. And we need to turn to Christ. He is the author of our liberty. I testify he lives. And his commandments will do more for the American people than anything else we could do, bar none. Repent and keep his commandments, folks. Merry Christmas. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up. God save the republic. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues on this faith filled, fantastic, freedom loving Friday. This is Liberty Roundtable Live 4. December the 23rd, in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is indeed our two of two, and we always want to promote God, family, and country, protect life, liberty, and property, use the supreme law that I am the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, use the checks and balances that made America great, 
Wow, we've got a lot of cool things to do, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you that right now. Last hour was a great hour. Uh, we talked about God, family, and country. The broadcast shall be up soon after the show, and you can check out the first hour if you missed it. But I will ask you this. Have you read the book? It's called The Mainspring of Human Progress. Henry Grady wrote it. Henry uh, Very, very good book. Say again, Doctor. Yeah. I think it was Henry Grady, Henry Weaver, Henry Grady Weaver, I think was his name. Yeah, all I know is it says, I looked it up on the uh, Goodreads, it said Henry Grady. So uh, either way, that's great, though. But uh, hey, the book is great. You got to watch it. I'm sorry, you got to read it. Wow. Uh, Patty Stockman, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman with us. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live and a Merry Christmas to you and Steve. Thanks, Sam. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. I just wish we were together under better circumstances. Oh, man. I agree. All right. First off, it's in God's hands. Amen to that. Uh, First off, you know what? Our dear friend Steve, how's he doing? Well, actually, I'm in the hospital right now with him. Uh, Ever since he's been out of prison, having suffered COVID, as you know, untreated there, um, he's he's had significant health problems, especially with his heart. Um, so this is about his fifth or sixth time in the hospital with his heart. Um, so it's not fun. But I think he's going to be released. We think he's going to be released today. They've, his, his problem is that he, he has AFib that keeps recurring, and he's had numerous procedures on his heart to, um, to get it into normalcy. And so they've got it in a normal rhythm right now, but we'll see how long it holds. Well, our prayers are that he'll be singing, I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> uh, and our prayers are with Steve. Tell him we love him. Tell him we miss him. Tell him we pray for him. Uh, that's the message I want Steve uh, to have. And sadly, we must talk about another serious issue, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but the truth is starting to come out, and that is the good news that I'll take from this. The headline reads this, FBI agent pleads guilty to destroying evidence to frame pro-Trump political prisoner. Ben Wetmore wrote it. The political pundit is the website, or pundit, I should say. Uh, He was a former Arkansas Arkansas state senator. Uh, His name was John Woods, and he was the first to endorse President Trump in 2016. He's now paying the piper. He's sentenced to how long in prison, Patty? 18 years, four months. And then uh, a big fine? Oh, yes, uh, over a million dollars. Yeah, $1.6 million from what I understand. And then he's on what, probation for three years even after that? And then, yeah, then he's supposed to have three years probation, which is what Steve is in the middle of now. I don't even know how to respond to this, Patty. What seems weird to me about this whole story is, you know what? They knew full well the FBI lied in this case. That's right. But they didn't carry still in prison. How do we get our dear friend John Woods out? Well, that's a, that's another story, uh, and that's another discussion for another day. Um, I, I primarily want to talk about that that rogue FBI agent today. But should we give your should we give your listeners just a little background uh, yes, on please. Steve and also 
let you know how John Woods came across our radar screen. So yes. just to refresh, just refresh your listeners' memories, um, my husband, Steve Stockman, is a two-time congressman from Texas. Um, both times he went to Washington, once in the 90s and, and again in 2013, um, to really just change the direction of the way our nation was going off the cliff, right? Um, and so when he went, when he was in Congress the last time, uh, during the Obama administration, he he was battling the Obama agenda at every turn, uh, offering up legislation that, and and some of it successful to successfully block Obama's agenda. And and then, he, beginning two weeks into his term, he he started exposing corruption uh, on the on different members of the Obama administration. And I won't go into those details. If people want to take a look at what he did in, in Congress, you can see at defendapatriot.com. But um, so the FBI began an investigation of him. You know, we're seeing that more and more and more now as the, as the Department of Defense comes after conservative, effective conservative right, whether they're in Congress or not, like people like Steve Bannon or Rudy Giuliani, uh, if you're conservative and you're effective, they come after you. And that's what they did with my husband. Um, uh, Four-year investigation, three grand juries before they finally were even able to get an indictment on him and ultimately um, tried and convicted him in 2018. Um, And he was sent to uh, trumped up charges, uh, which we see again in John Wood's case, and sent him to prison for a 10-year sentence. Um, and praise the Lord, um, uh, President Trump in December, December 22nd, actually yesterday was Steve's second anniversary of being out of prison because President Trump commuted his sentence. He didn't pardon him, but he commuted a sentence that said, okay, he doesn't have to serve any more time. I immediately went and picked him up from prison, and he's now been out for two years and is um, still under a three-year supervised probation, just like John Woods is supposed to do. Um, So that's his story. But the second prison, Steve was in three different prisons during his uh, approximately three-year stay. And he, in the second prison he was in, Fort Worth, he met John Woods, who's former state senator of Arkansas, uh, John served about uh, he, he served about 11 years in the Arkansas legislature, six years in the state house, and five years as senator. Conservative, Christian, you know, doing the right thing, just like everybody in your listening audience wants to see done in their legislatures. Well, he made the mistake, as you said, Sam. Of endor- well, he didn't make a mistake. He was right on. He endorsed Donald Trump in the presidential race. And um, I think a year later, he was indicted by the FBI, um, by the DOJ. And long story short, they convicted him, as you said, and sentenced him to 18 years in prison. And the crux of his, quote, crime was assisting a Christian college, uh, Ecclesia, I think is the way it's pronounced, uh, Christian college in Arkansas to obtain state Grants, which is not an unusual activity for state legislators, but um, DOJ and all of their wisdom 
and as they always do, take a lot of disparate facts and weave a completely false narrative um, and, and that sounds perfectly reasonable on the face, but it's just completely false story. And as you said, the court knew that this FBI agent, this crooked FBI agent, had wiped his, his laptop clean when he learned that it was had been subpoenaed and he needed to turn it into FBI forensics um, to produce the court. He, he took it to, to a, a, a computer store, had the hard drive wiped, took it home, wiped it again himself, then turned it in. The court knew it, but the court um, forbade either party in the in the trial to mention the laptop to the to the jury and it's just a travesty of justice dr bradley oh. uh, it is uh you know you just where do you go with something uh, there's a, a a kind of a cult movie out there of billy jack i don't know as i recommend it to everybody but there's a line in it where the townspeople were going to do something illegal and the uh uh, Billy Jack shows up and he's going to stop it, and one of the townspeople shouts out to him, "Billy, we have the law with us," meaning that you know the the sheriff was there, meaning we got his support. And Billy Jack had this iconic line, I think, "When the law breaks the law, there is no law." And uh, I just cannot. I mean, it's appalling to me the number of cases that we hear about that. The law really is breaking the law. This FBI agent, I mean, uh, blatantly in your face. I mean, Hillary Clinton smashing the uh, the different storage units that they used for things that probably would have convicted her. The It, it is just appalling to me. Now, you, you hope that the rank and file in the FBI have not completely succumbed to this, but certainly the senior leadership mm -hmm. seems to have been down that path. And... Um, you know, there there are um, ways of retrial, and you think about what happened with the Bundys and, and Gloria Navarro, the uh, um, the U.S. District Judge, that that threw out their case when they found out the blatantly illegal activities that the BLM and others engaged in. I would hope there would be able to be another uh, review of this thing. It is absolutely appalling what's been done to this man, it sounds like. There's a rally. We'll tell you about it, too, in support of our dear friend, John, ladies and gentlemen. Political prisoner, no doubt. Patty Stockman, Dr. Bradley, and yours truly on your radio. And we are live this faith-filled Freedom Loving Friday. Hang tight. More in seconds. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. You know, it's absolutely appalling to me the shift that has occurred in American jurisprudence. Um, having spent more than 50 years in close examination of the original intent of the American Founding Fathers, one of the things that, you know, I do, when I teach, I like to compare and contrast. And one of the things that I've um, spent quite a bit of time reviewing is the difference between original intent in terms of justice and what we do today. Originally, the American Founding Fathers, if you could say they had a bias at all, it was in, a bias in favor of the defendant. And uh, regardless of how badly uh, somebody went after somebody, uh, you know, somebody in power went after somebody else in order to bring about a conviction, uh, the overwhelming majority of the cases, justice did prevail because of that bias. I think about, for example, uh, Jefferson's heartburn over Aaron Burr and how often he tried to get him convicted of some something that looked like treason, and he never could do it. And, and it was because of that bias to make sure that an innocent man never suffered. Uh, they would even let guilty people go in order to make sure that that didn't happen. And uh, the the mindset, well, and by the way, that came largely from ancient Israel's uh, approach to jurisprudence. They wanted to make absolutely certain that the fairness occurred. Now, of course, the Savior went through a, a kangaroo uh, court case and everything, and at every turn, the the ancient law was violated, and, and they were going to con get a conviction regardless of what happened. And, and that's kind of where we've come to today. I, I suspect very often that today's uh, legal jurisdiction would convict the Savior also. I, I'm pretty confident that with the uh, bias towards the prosecution and the willingness to lie, steal, cheat, and do whatever it takes to win a case, and uh, 
I, I suspect that's kind of the same path we're on today. And, and it, it was something that in ancient Israel, when it got to that time, they needed to be cleansed. And you you know about the cleansing that happened with the Romans and everything about 70 A.D. in Jerusalem. But the fact of the matter is, in America, we started out, I mean, Jefferson was very concerned um, on the original Constitution, the way it was written, that we didn't protect juries enough. Why? Juries are a stopgap against tyranny. And, and we can prove and demonstrate the, the validity of jury nullification, where if a law says something and it's unjust to be carried out in a particular case, the jury could nullify it. And, and uh, usually they only did it when judges were, were biased and had uh, demonstrated their unworthiness to sit in the office. Today we have plenty of judges that are unworthy to sit in the office, but we have the prosecution pulling the same stunts. And so innocent people are being convicted in today's world because we have abandoned the original intent of the American Founding Fathers. And so I, I would like to see a return to the original intent, and I guess that's what I always propose on Sam's program. You're absolutely right, Dr. Bradley. Um, in fact, um, what is the jury called that you just... the um, Well, jury nullification is that's a... That's uh, I'm, I'm going to comment on that. Jury nullification, I would encourage um, all the listeners to study up on that because uh, if, if, we're, if we're fortunate enough to be selected to serve on a jury, we need to be aware of that option, jury nullification. I don't think we want to take time right now to go into it, but I'm glad you brought that up, and I think that citizens need to be aware of that option. You don't have to go along with a jury, uh, your jury peers if you think there's doubt. And let me just speak to, I think you're absolutely right too, Dr. Bradley, that uh, America today would convict Jesus Christ just like the, the uh, Jewish leadership did when he was alive on earth. Um, because, and Steve likes to say the press would help because the press, the headline would read, uh, Jesus can't swim when he walked on water. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an evil partnership. Um, but I want to also pick up on a thread that you closed out the last segment on. Um, you were saying that there ought to be some recourse. So let me just, a uh, couple of things that you said that I will follow up on. Uh, there ought to be some recourse. In fact, Steve moved on from the second prison where he met um, uh, John, went to a third prison, and he met one of John's co-defendants. And um, all, of the, all of the guys involved in this case were not guilty. One of them, the president of the college that received grant money, pled guilty, as many people do in, in America these days, because it, it breaks you financially and personally to, to, to plead not guilty and go through the trial and everything that's involved. But he met the other co-defendant that also pled not guilty. These guys pled not guilty, as did Steve Stockman, because they weren't guilty. And they believed, at least Steve believed, that when a jury heard the evidence, they would, he would be exonerated. But the thing is, like you said, Dr. Bradley, the bench is not pure. They're crooked too. It's like a big fraternity and they don't allow the truth. The jury do not get to hear the truth. So Steve got to follow the appeal of this case through the co-defendant, um, Randall Shelton, uh, who's probably listening to this broadcast because he served um, he was able to get out of prison and is, and is on the tail end of his um, sentence as well. But anyway, 
um, he was able to follow the appeal, and the um, the association. Let me get this. Let me get this acronym right. The Association of National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, liberal organization of thousands of defense lawyers. We've come to believe there there probably a handful of conservative defense attorneys, by the way. And that's one of the problems with conservatives being able to find adequate defense. But anyway, they wrote an amicus brief, highly, highly unusual, in the appeal of this case. And they said this, NACDL, they wrote this, represents the consensus view of its members that the shocking bad faith act of destroying evidence in this case weighs in favor of vindicating the constitutional rights of the individual accused over the rights of the public and seeing crime prosecuted without permitting the accused to examine all potentially useful evidence. So uh, John and Randall and the others, they had no, no recourse to be able to present this evidence that could have cleared them because the guy wiped his computer. Um, so one other thing that you said, Dr. Bradley, I'd like to pick up on, and I, I've heard it so much in, in talk radio uh, and on conservative top shows um, on TV that, you know, the corruption is really at the top level. Well, I wrote an article uh, for American Thinker about this while he was in prison, and we found that not to be true. Look, Peter Strzok of California, who was the pinpoint for, for impeaching President Trump, he's a former FBI agent, as is Robert Mueller, as is I mean, I don't mean, I mean Adam Schiff, the congressman from California, but Peter Strzok, of course, joined the FBI in the 90s, um, and Adam Schiff was FBI in the 80s, early 90s, and Mueller was with the DOJ during the same period as Schiff. And they all developed these skills of tampering with evidence, hiding it, altering it, fabricating false narratives, and that's what we've seen in Steve's case, John Wood's case, so many of these other cases. It's fabrication and destruction of evidence and creation of evidence. Sidney Powell talks about this when I've heard her, her speak. Um, and these guys are schooled in it. They're schooled in these tactics. Uh, so it, it's not just at the top. Now, granted, I know that there have to be some solid, legitimate um, people in the FBI. Sidney Powell was a, a, a prosecutor, uh, a federal prosecutor before she retired. And she really didn't see the, the uh, corruption until after she was practicing defense. And she ran into it headlong, wrote this book, License to Lie. And I encourage all of your uh, listeners to see that book. But um, So it, I, I don't buy that it's just at the top. It's in ranks. And the people that practice these skills, they are the ones that are promoted. All right, put the story on hold for a second. A break's coming up, but I want to let people know there is a rally to take place that will support John Woods. It's at 11 a.m., ladies and gentlemen, to 1 p.m., January the 3rd. It's on the sidewalk in front of the U.S. District Courthouse, and that's at 30 South 6th Street. So it's just so you know, that's 6th Street uh, and Rogers Avenue, uh, and it's in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Right, Patty? That's right. 
All right, we'll come back. More details, more of the story in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley and Patty Stockman, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pride. January 6th committee released its final report in the middle of the night Thursday. The final report, which culminates an 18-month investigation, asserting President Trump played a key role in motivating it. The 814-page report recommends Mr. Trump be canceled from running for president in 2024 and the Department of Justice take legal action. A New York federal judge granted FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried bail while he awaits trial for eight federal criminal charges related to the cryptocurrency investment collapse. Two of his top executives, Caroline Ellison and Gary Wang, pled guilty Wednesday to various criminal charges, and they are cooperating with federal government officials. It's reported Sam's under house arrest and will move into his parents' home in California as they posted bail for their son. He's due back in court January 3rd. Sam on ABC News. If I had been spending an hour a day thinking about risk management on FTX, I don't think that would have happened. You know, honestly, if I look back on myself, I think I got a little cocky. As advertised, the weather outside is frightful for travelers in the Midwest, South, and Eastern USA. Flight tracking site FlightAware reports that more than 2,000 flights were canceled on Thursday and a 1,000 more scheduled for today have been canceled. FlightAware also reported more than 5,000 flights were delayed yesterday. Chicago and Denver were affected most because of the storm, which is hitting the Great Lakes region and the Northeast today. I'm Dave Collins. The American people are now on the hook for the massive $1.7 trillion pork-filled budget through September 2023. The Senate passed the government funding bill 68 to 29 on Thursday, sending the measure to the House. A gunman in Paris, France, opened fire, killing at least three people on Friday. A 69-year-old man has been taken into custody. A motive is unknown. USA News. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur. Let's make sure your current payroll provider isn't overcharging you, shall we? First, go to your payroll provider's website to see what you're currently paying. Oh, what's that? You can't clearly see your pricing because your vendor is running a temporary sale or making you call for a free quote? (laughs) That's unfortunate. If you go to PatriotSoftware.com, you will instantly see our payroll pricing for companies with 1 to 100 employees. Well, there you go. At least now you know what you should be paying for payroll. Go to PatriotSoftware.com, use promo code RADIO, and get two months of payroll processing free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. All right, Patty Stockman, Dr. Scott Bradley, and yours truly on your radio. We're talking about this most egregious abuse of power and proof 
thereof, I might say. FBI agent pleads guilty of destroying evidence to frame pro-Trump political prisoner, former Arkansas state senator John Woods. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. The court knew full well that they committed fraud and withheld exculpatory evidence. They knew full well, and the FBI agent has now pled guilty that could prove Woods' innocence. You know what? He made the hard drive unavailable for forensic examination. According to court documents, now it's former agent Robert Cesario was charged with corrupt destruction of records in an official proceeding in connection to the corruption trial of former state senator John Woods. Now, folks, listen to me. You're an FBI agent. You literally swore an oath to the supreme law of the land. Your whole job is to first do no harm, to bring peace and stability and safety and prosperity to the nation. And you literally destroy evidence and politically put somebody in prison for 18 plus years. And then you retire and walk away. What is the accountability? John Woods still sits in prison, even though the corrupt DOJ and the corrupt FBI have now admitted they framed an innocent man by intentionally destroying evidence. Well, I ask, where's this agent right now, Patty? He's free. Uh, and let me just let me wrap up where I was before we broke, and then I need I definitely want to jump into this agent. Um, so the appeal that that the liberal defense attorneys wrote for it failed. So right now the case is has hit a brick wall, and so to your point, Dr. Bradley, right now uh, there's nothing we can do right now to help free John Woods, particularly under this administration. Um, however. To, to, to your point, Sam, the, the, the problem at hand now is this agent. He's due to be, due to be sentenced in a hearing uh, in Fort Smith at the, at the courthouse. You gave the address, and we'll come back to it again, Sam, on January 5th. Well, on January oh, wait, it's 5th, not the 3rd, it's the 5th? No, no. He's going to be sentenced on January 5th. Got so it. So the, the rally is on the 3rd before the sentencing on the 5th. Got exactly. it. Exactly. Because... We want as many patriots as possible to show up on the sidewalk with us with signs and to, to, to call for justice to be done with this corrupt agent of the government who's in, like you said, a position of public trust. And he broke the trust with America and with John and his two co-defendants by destroying this evidence. And, you know, he submitted, he and his attorney submitted to the court a sentencing document asking him, asking the judge to give him one year probation for this crime. And that to me is outrageous. But you know what's even more outrageous, Sam? In his sentencing document he, he provided asking for this sweetheart deal, um, he cited two other FBI agents or former FBI agents' crimes of tampering with or changing evidence. And the fact that both of them only got one-year probation, and thus he's using that to substantiate why he should have only one-year probation. And I don't know about you guys, but that just makes me irate. How dare he 
those offering up those two as evidence to me substantiate the fact that this kind of crime in the FBI and the Department of Justice is an accepted standard operating procedure. And I find that outrageous. And to offer that up as a reason, a rationale for why he should only have a year's probation instead of going to prison like the men that he sent to prison, it's, it's just beyond, it's, it's, it's beyond the pale. And so we're calling on patriots who are able to come to this northwest corner of Arkansas to the courthouse on January 3rd, 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock. We're planning to be there from 11 to 1, um, calling on the judge to deny this request for this sweetheart, corrupt, self-serving sweetheart deal and sentence this man to prison time. He, uh, the judge has an option to sentence him to up to 20 years in prison. And he needs to understand what it's like to have to live in prison. He's guilty. These men are innocent. And it's just not right that these FBI agents continue to get off scot-free or with a uh, slap on the wrist. Heaven help us. And Dr. Bradley, I'm a very peaceful guy. As you know, I talk about restoration rather than revolution, uh, etc. But you know what? At some point, I'm kind of starting to wonder. You know, when these criminals just act like this, at some point, you know, what are we justified in doing about it? You know, what we do is we sit back, we wring our hands, we go, well, the sheriff should do something. The sheriff says, well, <laughs> I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. It's too political there. And, and and then these government goons literally run amok and just literally destroy families left and right. And, yeah. But yet at some point we can't do anything about it, Dr. Bradley. What, how do we take these to the next level? Without crossing the line. Oh, well, that that's a. I think we're coming close to the line now in the United States with how things are going. the The problem is, this agent should be more than culpable for everything that's happened. This man has been, if you will, a person that was standing for truth and justice in the American yeah. way his whole career, and it's it's one of those things where his culpability should be reflective of what his understanding should be of what's at stake if you violate those principles. And so the severity of his punishment should reflect, I mean, you talk about a little child that doesn't know good from bad and they do something. Their punishment's pretty mild. Go to your room for a half an hour, whatever. But if someone is fully aware of the yeah. of the responsibility that they have and they violate that i mean you know your audience sam is probably well aware in the sixth chapter of ephesians for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against rulers of the darkness in this world against spiritual wickedness in high places and so what we have is is a situation where sadly in so many ways these bad guys have taken the sole management of the government to themselves and there needs to be a comeuppance, a justice fulfilled. And I'll just give you a real quick example. And I know I've, I probably spend more time talking than I should, but I sat through an entire criminal case one time in the court to hear what really happened. I had reviewed the law that uh, was pur purported to have been violated. The law was so poorly written. The law was something that anybody, any normal human being, in violation of how Jefferson said law should be written, they could very easily be confused. 
And when the defense attorney asked that a copy of the law be read in court, the judge absolutely, first of all, the prosecuting attorney came out of his chair, just livid. We can't let that happen. The judge completely supported the prosecuting attorney. The law was at fault because anybody could have misunderstood what the law said. If I had been on the jury, I would have said as a, as a, a member of the jury to my fellow jurors, we need a copy of that law. We would have requested it from the judge. If they had been unwilling to provide it, we would have actually um, said, then we'll have to return a not guilty because you guys are withholding evidence. The, if the problem is the courts often withhold the evidence. It's not just that's the right. individual that's bringing the charges. That's right. That's what happened in this case. The, the judge said, neither party, can you raise this this laptop to the jury uh, during during the court proceeding for the jury at all. Um, there was some sort of proviso that the judge put in there if they established some good foundation to justify bringing it up, then they could consult with him outside of the, of the trial proceedings to seek permission. And unfortunately, like I said, most of these defense attorneys are liberal themselves and, and, and these guys, defense attorneys, didn't open that can of worms. They didn't take advantage of that little loophole that, that the judge had provided, though he probably would have denied, right? Uh, and, and the courts are just, I have just found that these judges are in the same swimming pool with the prosecutors. They're all one big happy family. Spiritual wickedness in high places. And truly, <laughs> so there needs... Go ahead, so we're asking, I'm sorry. We're, <laughs> we're asking people to pray because you're right. This is spiritual. It's spiritual warfare. Christ told us we battle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and, and wickedness. And so we're asking for prayer and for people to show up on January the 3rd. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Liberty Roundtable Live. Our dear friends, Steve Stockman, John Woods, both political prisoners ladies and gentlemen i know steve's not in prison right now but he's a prisoner of what they've done to him merry christmas the broadcast continues in seconds why does the left lie constantly because they get spiritual power from lying the lies come from satan the father of lies john 8 44 here's how the political lying process works satan provides the beast with a lie then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, these are interviews that are hard for me to do. I mean, there's so much corruption. And it's one thing to talk about the corruption and the evil doings, etc. It's another thing to talk about the proper role of government in education to highlight, to highlight what we stand for and what we stand against. But when it gets this personal to dear friends' lives, to families. You know, Ammon Bundy served in prison because of the government lying for two years. And he was guilty of nothing. And the only reason they stopped the trial of Ammon Bundy is because he was about to get too much uh, via discovery, via whistleblowers, etc., out into the public record. The judge acts like, oh, man, the government was so evil, they withheld exculpatory evidence, and we had to shut it down because the government was so bad. But nobody really was accountable. The real reason she shut it down was so that she could literally bottle up the rest to make sure nothing else came out, Yeah, folks. Yeah. So I appreciate that Ammon Bundy's free. I mean, that's a win in a way. But at the same time, it's not a win at all. The truth is uh, that they didn't want the rest to come out. And I submit to you that if Steve Stockman keeps fighting and if John uh, Woods keeps fighting, the same thing is going to happen. Too much information. Look, we already have an FBI agent who pled guilty. We already have a court and a judge that knew full well that evidence was destroyed, literally destroying a fair trial for this poor gentleman. Uh, Patty, this is what we're talking about. I don't know how to handle these things. Just on one hand, and, and I want to say this very carefully, but point it out. On one hand, I almost want to storm the jail and get him out. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me, ladies and gentlemen. Do not. I repeat, do not. I repeat, do not. Don't take my words out of context and suggest that I advocated or that I said to do such a thing. Or, I'm not saying anything like that. All I'm saying is when you see this injustice, it makes you almost want to go berserk. It makes you want to do something. It makes you livid. Uh, and, and I'm just saying that. So, uh, Patty, this is what I'm talking about. I don't know how to conduct these interviews very well because I just get so beside myself with the injustice of it all. Uh, and so I'm not saying storm the jail. I'm trying to make a point about my feelings. Let's be clear. No. Uh, yeah, and and, and sorry I have to couch it that way to defend myself, Patty, but that's where we are in America. It is angering. Uh, it is angering, Sam. And, and you're right. I mean, when we the left is all the time accusing us of of um, inciting violence or you know saying things that are going to incite violence. But when we see riots and and violence, even looting stores, is it the right? No, it's the people on the left. But anyway, you are so right. This is it's heartbreaking what is happening in our nation. I mean, both John and and um, 
and Randall Sheldon, both their wives divorced them. Uh, Sheldon had uh, a little baby, and now his wife doesn't want him to have any part in that child's life. It, it's, it's just, it ruins lives. It breaks us financially. It breaks families. It, it's, a, it, it's just a, it's a crime against American citizens, and it, it is devastating. Um, but to this, to this crooked agent who, yes, warned to uphold the law and trying supposedly to enforce the law, breaks the law knowingly, and you have to wonder, how many times have these agents that did, plead, that did either found guilty or pled guilty, how many times did they do it and got away with it? And those people that they get promoted, like I said, Sidney Powell wrote all about that, how they get promoted. Um, and anyway, so this guy, I do want to clarify, this guy is asking for one year unsupervised probation. Now, the probation that Steve is on and that John Woods will, would be on after serving 18 years uh, is supervised. That means they have to report in every month, either in person or at least um, virtually, and touch base with their parole officers and fill out this form and report every month. Well, this guy wants unsupervised probation. I don't know what the heck that means. It means just walks down the street and don't worry, go anywhere you want, and there is no 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 restraint at all with probation, unsupervised probation. So we just want uh, people could write, although I don't think that the judge could get um, could get letters at this late date before the hearing. So that's why we're asking people to pray, undergird this in prayer, that justice will be brought forth against this agent, that he will suffer his due, uh, that he will suffer his due fruit. And if you are able, to, I'm going from Houston uh, over to Arkansas, and I know there's a whole caravan of people that are planning to come from North Carolina. People are coming from across Arkansas. And this is located kind of just across the border from Oklahoma. And I think about a three-hour drive from Missouri, if people are on the south side of Missouri, they may want to consider coming down uh, and joining us at 11 a.m. On the, on the 3rd of January in front of this courthouse, 30 South 6th Street in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and that's at the corner of 6th Street and Rogers Avenue. Um, and if people are able to stay around and be there on the day of the, of the sentencing hearing, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have as many people as possible sitting in the courtroom, letting the judge know that, you know, our eyes are on you. But we're hoping, we're going to be shooting for press coverage on Tuesday so that we can get you know, press in the media that night and the next day that the judge will see and to let him know that Americans do care. Americans are tired of this corruption, and we want to see some justice brought upon the heads of these people that are, that are, that are undermining justice when they're supposed to be carrying it out. Dr. Bradley? You know, we've... Uh... We've lost many of our uh, language skills in this nation. This seems like a strange thing to bring up. But a uh, hundred plus years ago, uh, there was a term in use. It was varlet, V as in Victor, A-R-L-E-T, closely related to harlot, okay? And it's kind of an archaic use of the term today. Now it's a, a dishonest or unprincipled man, and I would add to that who will do whatever you want for money. 
okay? Mm. We have many varlets in the old terminology 100 plus years ago that, uh, that sit in high places in this government today and mm. should be removed from office. I remember my first, I testified before the uh, United States Senate Judiciary Committee back in 2004 against the wish, well, I wasn't against his wishes. He was on the other side of the position. Is My first run in with James Comey. In 2004, he was the United States Deputy Attorney General. And I saw in him the terminology varlet, someone that sat in a position would do whatever they wanted to do in order to get it done. And we saw later on his actions, became director of FBI and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, holy cow, he got a chit in the game. You know, and Sam talks about, boy, these things get you so mad. There will come a time, uh, albeit I don't think now, uh, but the days of the the uh, Declaration of Independence, to me, I read it as today's news today. Uh, the 27 offenses of the king were brought out as evidence as to why armed rebellion was necessary against a king. Just read you a few little uh, snippets out of it. It is today's news today. He obstructed the administration of justice. He has erected a multitude of offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution. Mm -hmm. And he talk, they talk about acts of pretended legislation. They denied, in many cases, the benefits of trial by jury. Altered fundamentally the forms of our governments. These things are happening real time in America today. And mm -hmm. there were 27 offenses that were written into the Declaration of Independence. And again, I think Americans need to go back and say, it's time for Americans to become informed and to remove from office those that sit there as varlets, fulfilling a purpose that are no, is, is, is <laughs> null and void and unjust. And Dr. Bradley, I want to I want to make this point. I don't want to call for violence, but I almost wonder if more. I don't know what you want to say. Confrontation, more action, more direct, uh, whatever, uh, would actually avoid greater violence down the road. We what we tend to do is hold off, hold off, hold off, because we want to be moral, we want to be peaceful, we want to be kind, we want to give the benefit of the doubt. We that's our, our character as Americans, right? But at the same time, the longer we wait, the less likely we'll be able to avoid bloodshed. Well, the, the blood does become deeper as, as we get deeper into the problem. The, part of the big problem right now is we, we don't have enough friends of liberty. We Amen. need to make these principles popular again with people. People need to be wise enough to reimplement these things. And at the point, we can avoid a problem. I, I talked earlier about jury nullification. There's, there's nullification by state legislatures. And, and it is, Jefferson and Madison spoke of nullification as an act of love to preserve the government and the nation and our liberty. And what needs to happen is enough people need to be aware of, of the, the baseline principles and become willing to defend them, to embrace them. See, in 1775, the Americans come to the point they would die for liberty. Americans right. don't even care what what's going on right now. Then really yeah, we can't even get you to pay five bucks a month for liberty these days, ladies and gentlemen. Hardly, you know, where we can't right. get to move to a new place where we can get enough Americans to elect a good sheriff, etc. Uh, Patty, uh, uh, Doctor Bradley's right on the point. Yes, he is. He absolutely is. Um, in fact, uh, as you were speaking, Doctor Bradley, I was recalling that uh, I know Steve had a draft bill. I don't know that he ever 
filed it when he was in Congress to abolish the FBI because he could see back then how crooked they were. And I I think that's what needs to happen, Dr. Bradley. And uh, I think Congress needs to act to completely defund it. And we need a president in office that would abolish it and start over. Absolutely correct. And it's not just the FBI, it's the CIA, the Department of Justice, the Department uh, of Justice. The the TSA. I mean, there are all of these alphabet soup organizations, the BATFE, every single one of them are unconstitutional. And and it's interesting to me that, uh, well, we we don't, we're out of time, I know, but how uh, there's so many times they say, oh, we should do this, and they don't have any authority to do it. And we continue to blink our eyes against the bigger sin, if you will, when it comes to the existence of these organizations that violate the fundamental baseline principles of limited government, checks and balances, yeah. delegation of authority. We don't, we don't even think about that anymore. We put people in office that are varlets. We put people in the office that I call them baboons and and uh, buffoons, and uh, the lessers hold office now, unfortunately, and and they bow to these false philosophies that have become so popular. We had a pathway. We were on it. Really quick, ladies and gentlemen, we want to highlight this rally, and we want to have you on, Patty, uh, next, or uh, the week of this event, um, so that we can promote it and highlight it a little bit more. Where's the rally? It's, um, so it's Tuesday, January the 3rd, um, on the sidewalk in front of the U.S. District Court in Fort Smith, Arkansas, the address is 30 South Street, and that's the corner of six. Uh, I'm sorry, South Sixth Street, and that's the corner of Sixth Street and Rogers Avenue. Um, All right, is there but, a website or any place people can get more info? No, there isn't. Um, All right, they, can, I understand. Can they reach, it's just can they reach it's just pa- it's just patriots doing the best they can. Go ahead. Can they reach? Can they reach us through you by chance? Yeah, absolutely. Liberty Roundtable at gmail.com, ladies and gentlemen. Email me. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see what we can do to support the rally in every way possible. Our prayers are with dear John and the work that he's done for Liberty and the price he's had to pay. Same with our dear brother Steve Stockman, ladies and gentlemen. John Woods, Steve Stockman, pray for them both. Merry Christmas to all of you. We have got to take action, ladies and gentlemen, and we've got to find ways to do it that improve the situation. For Patty Stockman, Dr. Scott Bradley, and Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America.